welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. This is the start of something that we haven't done before, but we've almost done before. This is a connected arc, but it's a shorter connected arc. This is our first five-episode connected arc of escape rooms. I don't know if it's going to feel hugely different. What do you think, Danny? I mean, I hope it will feel faster. Well, I mean, hopefully it feels twice as fast to get to the end. Every episode we have guests come on the show and try and solve an escape room that exists only in Danny's head and an iPad and a Google Drive and a few other digital places. But look, I'm ruining the mystery, but it's, it's it's an audio escape room. We have, joining us not for the first time, but a returning guest to begin with, Manda Whitney, a room escape diva and now narrative designer. Welcome, Manda. Hello, I'm so happy to be back. Yay! Look, it's it's we're, we're excited to have you back. I was trying to think you've played definitely one of our rooms, but you've come on to run some rooms for us before. Have you played more than the one way way back at the start? We did the one way way back at the start. I also did the one up the game. Uh, oh, of course, that of was course. live. The secret up the game episode. <laughs> that was so much fun. That one was great. That may be why I was having trouble remembering. Like I'm sure she's played another one, but I just couldn't yeah. place it. <laughs> We're excited to have you back on the show, but we also have another guest, first time guest, we're very excited to have on the show, designer of the currently sweeping the internet fan game, The Looker, which if you haven't played The Looker, you the, have to This play is it. worth a pause, play The Witness if you haven't played The Witness, yeah, and then play by, The Looker. Start by playing The Witness, and then go and play The Looker, which is, I think, one of the, my favorite like fan games, as like a, like a fan fiction style game. It, it is fantastic. It is well designed. If you have played The Witness, seriously, pause right now. Don't listen to Go this. Play the Go looker. play The Looker. It doesn't Come take back. that long and it's well worth it, please. So welcome to the show, uh, Bradley Lovell. Welcome. I couldn't imagine a warmer welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad. Uh, look, we are big fans of The Looker. It was we, one of those things. We saw a YouTube video of someone starting to play it. We saw about a minute of gameplay and then went, wait, 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 stop. We, we can't watch this. <laughs> we have to play this. We absolutely loved it. It is fantastically designed and it's free. And, and it made us think you would very much enjoy an audio escape room. So we've, we've asked you to come on and hopefully you enjoy this as much as we enjoyed The Looker. Well, I'm very glad that you invited me and I'm uh, excited to start this escape room. Yes, it should be a lot of fun. There'll be links below to your website, to all the other fun stuff, because you have a few other games that you've developed that are out there available for people to play, which all look fantastic. So there'll be links to all that sort of stuff in the show notes. And we can talk about that a lot in the post-show as well. We will definitely talk a lot about the, the design of the puzzles in the looker. There. So, again, so, so for play people, first. We're going to play this game, but for people who want to have the conversation, that'll be out next week after this episode, and it should be a lot of fun. It should be a very fun you got a whole week to get that game played. But we should get on to doing our escape room. So I have two questions for you, and we'll start with Bradley, new, new guest, new shiny guest. Sorry, Manda. Nobody wants to hear your answers to these questions. You're now on the other side of things where you realise that Bill is mean am... to our friends. <laughs> um, so we have the same questions we ask all of, our, all of our guests. And the first question is, what is your escape room experience? So, uh, Bradley, would you like to start? What is your escape room experience? I have been in at least two escape rooms that are have been professional productions uh, escape mm. room facilities. I have... Never failed an escape room. I hope to keep <laughs> nice. the keep the streak running, and I have always had a lot of fun. Uh, I really like the way they create an atmosphere, and uh, I'm looking forward to this text-based one here, this audio one. Mm, wonderful. And Manda, obviously, you have a lot of escape room experience. Been... <laughs> what's your number now? What, what is what's going on now? So I am update. one of those bad enthusiasts who doesn't keep a spreadsheet of all the games he plays, I but neither. I have friends that do, and I play with those friends, and I think I'm around the 300-ish mark. Um, oh, goodness. And which is, which is to uh, the, the like uber enthusiasts, nothing, and to <laughs> a, a normal people, like just crazy yes when you go when you go to an escape room and the top box ticking for have you played escape rooms before yes i've done more than seven like i've done a lot i actually say no i haven't usually because i want to see how they explain the rules to me i was like i want to see how how i cannot i cannot imagine sitting through a rule explanation again it's like here's a directional lock all i want is for them not to explain the rules to me anymore yeah Uh, 
they realize pretty quickly when we get inside and then they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm always okay with the lock explanation because I still can't use locks well. Combination. I can't work combination locks. I don't know if it's them or if my fingers are all broken. I can't make them <laughs> click into place properly. Probably, probably the broken fingers. And so then the other aspect of this show is it is escape rooms mixed with sort of tabletop role-playing style mechanics. So uh, we'll start with Bradley again. What is your tabletop role-playing experience? I remember when I was in like fifth grade, a friend of mine talked me into playing 3.5 edition. So we would play just me and him and he would DM, he would teach me the rules and we would play it over like Gmail chat. Uh, which wow. is like the only the only instant messenger we could scrounge up to actually play together. Um, and he would have a DM character too, who would, mm. uh, I noticed he would get a lot of special favors from, from the DM. <laughs> well, can I have a magic um, sword? Let me just ask the DM. What do you think? Well, I think you can have as many magic swords as you want. Thanks me. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> there, were, there were a few of those. Um, my... <laughs> Experience did go through, I had a circle of friends in college who would play things like Fate, mm. and I remember I, I GM'd at least one kind of made-up scenario for them, and it went uh, medium well, good for a first effort. <laughs> nice. Man, oh, that's good. that was a lucky DM uh, PC. I, I just have memories of DMing, and at one point, having a character who... He was just meant to be one of the characters. I wasn't meant to be playing him for an extended period of time, but he was in the scene. And whoever was playing in that particular moment really wanted him to help out. He failed every role. He was u- he was worse than useless. He hindered every bit of progress. That's what you want from a GM character, exactly. to be worse than useless. And uh, Manda, we've asked you this before when you've been on the show, but do you have any fun updates? Uh, did we? I don't know if we I had do these have questions. a fun update, yeah. Ooh. So like before before this before the pandemic, my answer would have been this podcast and maybe one or two little like forays, like just one off kind of things into D D. But in the 2020 and well into 2021, I did my first D campaign. Oh wow. Uh, nice. Over, you know, with some friends remotely. We I learned what role 20 was. I learned sure. things and they were and they were very chill and very helpful. And, you know, at the beginning, especially when I was like, I attack and they're like, OK, with yes, what? I'm like yes. a sword. And they're like, OK, well, you're a rogue. You also have a bow and arrow there, you know, like. And no, no, no. yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, I, I learned much and I and I learned the most important lesson, which is that, you know, bad roles can be more entertaining so mm. you know don't be discouraged if you if you're not rolling well <laughs> wonderful um, the worst thing is to roll an 11 every time yeah the most boring roll of all <laughs> well i think we're ready to go this is the first episode of our new arc which we have not quite named yet there's the name floating <laughs> around uh, the you'll one hear that's in it in all the, our playtest recordings. Yeah, if you if you listen to the playtest recordings, we've stuck with the terrible name. But maybe that's the name we ended up with. You'll know the name. It's in the the title of this episode. Oh, what a great name! Wow, so cool. Uh, but we don't know it yet, so we'll figure it out. But this is episode one. Danny, do we need to do anything before we start? Or are we allowed to be whisked away into a world of adventure? I think that we'll be okay. Should I ask some introductory questions? Just sure. my own introductory questions for both or either of you. I say, which do you have more experience with? The 1970s Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or the 2005 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory films? I would say that the uh, the 1970s version was the, the one that I saw first. I remember reading the book as a kid too, but... Um... Yeah, the, the 1970s version is, uh, to me, the definitive one. That's that's the one. Even more so than the book. If there's a difference between the 70s movie and the book, the movie wins. Yeah, I, I'm also in the, the the 70s movie. I didn't I didn't actually hate the new one, but it doesn't really... I, I just, no, my heart is with the, the old one and just can't stand the manicness sometimes of the second one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope that you have seen that 1970s one at least a quarter of as many times as I have. <laughs> at 
least, I I think. That's <laughs> I had it on VCR. Someone in my family had taped it off TV. And that was <gasps> oh, my main Jesus. form of entertainment as a child, just watching those same videos over and over again. I got this one a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> one of the greatest movie introductions of all time. Just the credits rolling over chocolate being made. That's the most that beautiful scene. Made me hungry. <laughs> Every uh, time. All right, let's, let's do this. Let's get going. It's the craze that's taken the planet by storm. Matthew Martin, the founder and owner of Maddie Martin's Chocolates and Treats, is opening his factory to the public for the first time in its long history. Even your boss, usually gruff and humorless, dismissed you from work when he heard about it so you could all race over and get in right away. And then, of course, he undismissed you when he learned that only six people were being allowed in. But then he re-dismissed you when he learned it wasn't just the first six who showed up. No, the six people would win their places by finding special tickets hidden inside Maddie Martin products, which could be anywhere in the whole world. Now, here's the thing. You know where one of the tickets is. Look, word hasn't gotten out too far yet, which is good, because otherwise the whole world would be descending in on it like vultures. But only a select few in your town have heard this. Your local candy man, Sarah, she's still called Candyman by tradition, she actually found the ticket herself in a bar that she bought from her own stock. Only six tickets in the whole world and your town got one. It's amazing. Unfortunately, all chocolate vendors were barred from winning the contest because of insider access. So technically, Sarah should have handed her ticket back to Matthew Martin's employees so they could put it back into secret circulation, but she didn't. For a while, she held on to it, figuring out a plan. Then she came up with the perfect idea, hiding it in her own shop, somewhere unexpected, where people could only find it if they proved themselves worthy, if they were clever enough, if they wanted it enough. Sarah must have started the rumours about it herself. They spread slowly, secretly. You doubt even a couple of dozen people are in on it. But like an unwritten rule, every lunchtime, one single contender enters her quiet little shop and searches. They search for their entire lunch hour, desperately hoping to be the one to find it. Nobody has yet. But then, you haven't tried yet. Dang right! <laughs> you arrive at the chocolate shop. There aren't any other customers inside. Perfect. This is a sportsman-like contest. Nobody else will bother you or invade your space while it's your turn to search, as long as you're the first one here, which you are. You're very familiar with this shop, and this is where you can start writing stuff out that's there, making a little drawing of a map, if you like. Just a nice little square should do. There is a long counter up near the north wall where Sarah the Candyman is standing, humming a tune under her breath. The front of the counter is emblazoned with a huge ad, and against the wall behind the counter is a shelf of the fanciest Maddie Martin brand chocolates. Against the right wall are two large cabinets. One is full of jelly sweets, and one is full of the lesser brand, unfancy chocolates. Oh yeah, just for clarity, I'm going to be cycling through the word lollies, sweets, and candy whenever those come up. I couldn't yeah. oh, decide yeah. on regionality, so I just went with all of them. I watch enough British TV. I guess. this. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the left wall is a tub full of very large lollipops. I mean, we're talking sticks that are four feet tall at least. And in the lower left corner, not far from the south wall door that you've entered through, there is a, a gusher type, type machine. One of those ones where you insert a coin, spin a dial, and a single toy or piece of candy comes out. Oh, like a dangun rumpa. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> And although there's no air conditioner that you know of, it is really cold in here. British winters. It's going to be dark soon. You want this ticket. No, no. You need this ticket. And you have until the end of your lunch break to find it. And that is it. You are now free. All right. To be clear, we're collaborating in controlling yes. one person. Yes. You are a single mind. Yes. Okay. 
I'm going to walk up and say hi to Sarah. Can I walk up and say hi to Sarah? <laughs> Absolutely. She's standing in a relaxed pose behind the counter, faintly watching you, but clearly trying not to make too much eye contact. She doesn't oh. want to bias you and accidentally give something away. So she's no. just standing there, just quietly singing a tune to herself. And the closer you get to her, you can just barely hear that there are a couple of words to her little tune. What is, what's the song? Oh, can I hear the it? song? Yeah, you can sing it, Danny. Oh, okay. <clears throat> let's let's do this. <clears throat> Who can make the loud cries wriggle through the dew? Represent a zero and can bring together two. <laughs> the candy man can. <laughs> make a zero into two. Who can make the loud cries wriggle through the dew, represent a zero, and can bring together two? Wriggle through the dew. What wriggles through the dew? Snakes don't cry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think worms cry either. No. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't the world anyway. be a terrible place? <laughs> worms could scream. Every cry, morning you're like, woken up. Ah! It would, it would ruin my rainy days. Yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe we, we could take in the rest of the details. Um, do you want to look anywhere, Brad? Let's see. I, I'm very interested in these lesser brand chocolates. <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> well, are they people we, chocolates? Like the ones well, they're definitely that you cheaper. Yeah, the ones you get at Halloween where it's like just wrapped in wax paper and like tastes like just wax. <laughs> just maybe wax maybe they through. just give us wax. I don't know. <laughs> Most likely. As you step in front of this lesser known chocolates cabinet, you actually you feel something surprising. There's a burst of warmth. You turn and you realize that in this exact spot, a narrow beam of sunlight is refracting through the front door and hitting you. It's very pleasant until you look back again at this chocolate cabinet and see it's had some consequences. The sun is hitting the bottom of this cabinet a little too hard because there is a steady drip of melted chocolate leaking out, pooling on the floor at the bottom. So you have to make sure not to let your nice shoes touch that. The cabinet door is, it doesn't open when you pull it. It's, it's locked and it's not transparent. You can't see actually what's going on inside there. You take a look around and you see, yeah, built into the side, there is a small keyhole. A bit peculiar. You'd think that Sarah would want to sell this chocolate, but okay. Gross. How about the other cabinet? One full of uh, jelly lollies or jelly sweets. <laughs> I can't believe you're saying the word jelly, jelly candy. sweets. Jellical candy. You sound like a Victorian orphan. Oh, please, may I have some jelly sweets? <laughs> I need some sweets. Oh, please. <laughs> please. One more jelly sweet before I leave. You know what? No, you don't sound like an orphan. You sound like a rich, a rich Victorian child. I apologize. That's Orphans don't get jelly sweets. They get gruel. No, they get gruel. <laughs> uh, well, the cabinet also containing the jelly sweets. Yes, it too is closed and you pull on its door to open it. Also locked. And again, very confusing. You see something different on the lock of this one. You see a four-digit combination lock. Okay. I just, I, I tend to take, take in the details. Of everything, and then like try to figure out things. Anywhere you're interested in next, Brad? I, I gotta know about these giant lollipops, yeah. especially <laughs> since their circular shape seems to represent some sort of zero. <gasps> mm. Oh! <laughs> Who knows? I, I don't know what the revelation is there, but I'm excited. No, I'm just gonna start <laughs> shoving lollipops at the candy man and see what happens. <laughs> I sold your little uh, candy man. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that will be terrifying if you do thrust one of these lollipops straight at her head because the lollipops themselves are about head-sized. They are nice. huge. It would take beyond days to get through a single one. That said, even though they're kind of daunting as far as eating them goes, they're nice. They're very pretty. Each one is a beautiful tricolor swirl, green, then white, then red. They're big Italian flag lollipops, basically. Oh, okay. All of them have the same pattern. How about that weird vending machine thingy? At the front of this little machine, there is a notch where you put in a coin, 
little spinning handle. You rotate to make the machine accept the coin. Do we all? Is this a universal thing? These machines? Yeah, yeah. I think I've yeah. got it. Fantastic. Got it. So yeah, you put a coin in, you spin it, treat comes out the bottom. There is a clear container at the top that you can see through where it's holding all of the treats. You can't see what the prizes are because they're all in opaque little plastic balls. Again, don't know if that's oh. universal, but always the case here. <laughs> How they get you. That said, you don't know if you could actually use this machine anyway. It must be some sort of antique because the coin that it's asking for is one that is not even in circulation anymore. You'd be kind of worried if there were chocolate inside those plastic balls because mm. it would not be good anymore. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, chocolate does go bad, and it's a mistake <laughs> to try and eat it. I'm not speaking from experience, but oh, there you also, go. Also, fun fact, though, to reassure people, just because it's gone white does not mean it's gone bad, necessarily. Oh, that's a good thing to know. Sometimes that just happens to chocolate, apparently. Just some weird reaction to the air or the sun or something. I don't trust this. It oxidizes. <laughs> I'm not eating white chocolate. <laughs> Unless it's white chocolate. Then I won't eat it if it goes brown. <laughs> and how about the ad on the counter? This is an ad for the very contest that you are trying to win. The words are printed in the shimmering gold font that appears on all Maddie Martin chocolate wrappers, and it says, Open the right bar and Matthew Martin will open his factory to you. So, wait, so there's like a there's like a shelf of chocolate bars behind Sarah, right? This is true. What if I open the far right one? Is there a fun on the far right? Oh, <laughs> you think that those chocolates aren't completely like covered in bulletproof glass? <laughs> <laughs> you are free to look at the fancy chocolates, but by no means can you touch them. They are they are great quality. They are expensive. There is no way they're letting people just put their hands on them. You can take Ooh. a look at this shelf. We'll get a picture of that for you. Yes, please. Yeah, so people at home can have a look at this image. It's linked in the show notes below. But Brad, would you like to describe what you're seeing for the listeners at home? Happy to. I see three columns and four rows of chocolate bars. There seem to be three varieties or three shapes of them, each having a subtly different price tag attached to each one. And none of them, in particular, a reasonable price. <laughs> Maybe two pounds sixty-five is okay. Oh yeah, there's one that's one pound fifteen. I'd buy that's a one pound right. fifteen bar. I don't know. I feel like every chocolate bar I have ever bought in bought in, yep, in England has been. <laughs> it felt like a steal. That's Always true. under a pound. That's just because you stole them. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. But yeah, so there's a. They're all different prices. Anywhere from one pound fifteen. What's the most expensive here? Looks uh, like eight eight pounds seventy five. Eight pounds seventy five. That's like a twenty dollar chocolate bar. Yeah, that's too much. At some point in history. <laughs> I, don't, on... I have no idea what the exchange rate is right now. Well, Brexit. I'm I'm getting crackpot <laughs> theories that the size of the M's determine and style of the M's <laughs> determines what the numbers are, but I think that might be going down a rabbit hole of doom. Uh. There is some balance that you have to make with did I draw something intentionally or was it just because <laughs> it's me drawing? Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet all those pound signs aren't identical or particularly good pound signs as well. They look pretty consistent, you know. <laughs> some of them are a bit skinnier. Some of them are get fatter. It's fine. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think each column is a some sort of flavor. The one on the left is maybe hazelnut. The middle one's maybe nougat. Uh, the right one might be classic. But e each one has a different price. It yeah, might be that's... possibly just sentimental value to Sarah. <laughs> there might be a code to all this. <laughs> Yeah, like, does it go in descending order? Like, did she lick some of these bars and that's why they're cheaper? <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> we know she dips bitter? into her own stock. True. Okay. I'm going to think back on that riddle because I'm terrible at riddles and I don't know. Something that's uh, occurred to me we've got a riddle here. Yeah. With four little stanzas or four little lines. Hmm. And we have four digits on the combination lock. So we might be looking for four answers instead of one answer to the riddle. Possibly. Oh, there are, okay. 
Who you could look at it as uh, one thing or four things potentially, or three things as another option, as there are technically th- three questions. Represents a zero and can bring together two. But there's still plenty for you to look at. Yeah, there's still unexamined oh, options. Actually, is there? Is there? There's a little I bit, there's a little bit for in. you to still look there's at. There's at least one thing you haven't looked at. Mm. We looked at the lollies. We looked at the thing. Can we look at the door that we came in? Absolutely. Always, Always check, check the, the door. door. That's what adventure games teaches you. <laughs> check behind the door. The only notable feature about the door is the thick cardboard sign hanging on it, visible through the glass. Open six to five, it says on the side facing out. On your side, it just says closed, and you consider flipping it to say closed so no one else comes in, but you know what? That might be too rude to Sarah if an actual customer tries to come in. You know what? You're confident in the system. No one's going to come in and try to snipe your puzzle solving. <laughs> okay. Just the door. Anything on the walls that we haven't seen? No, nothing interesting about the walls. Mm-hmm. The counter, does it have a display case? The counter itself is mostly bare, no display case. Even the cash register isn't on here, even though it normally would be. I guess Sarah's hidden that away so no one mistakes it for part of the puzzles. Maybe she's just uh, got a square do- reader. She doesn't yeah. want people accidentally robbing her. There is one thing sitting on it, though, right on the edge. Uh- a small key. Ah! But it's on a chain, which appears bolted to the surface of the counter. And ah. You do not immediately see a way to unlock it. Hmm. Can I bribe Sarah to get some bulk? <laughs> it looks like you would need them to get this key. Like, you give it a little tug and it's not coming off that chain one bit. But Sarah pointedly ignores you. Ah. I wonder if there's a coin around here. I don't know. That's why she hid the cash register. Salsa, <laughs> <laughs> they melted chocolate. I'm just gonna. I'm. Can I taste the chocolate? Is that a thing I can do? Oh, on the melted floor chocolate. Yeah, melted floor chocolate. It's my <laughs> lunch hour. I don't get to eat, so I'm real hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah, you scoop a tiny amount of it. You like dip your finger into it. Normally, you quite like melted chocolate, but it's been on the floor. It dampens your enthusiasm a little bit. You give it the slightest of licks, and it might be fine. Psychologically, it's hurting you a little bit. So you stand up to go somewhere else, um, maybe ask Sarah for a paper towel. You notice the instant that you are out of that warm patch, the chocolate like immediately solidifies on your finger. So you have to crack it off. <laughs> yeah, off-brand chocolate, ridiculously sensitive to temperature change. Very sensitive to temperature change. How hard does it get when it's solidified? Fairly hard. I do not know how to grade hardness outside of the Mohs scale, and I'm not sure that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, we're on the we're from diamond uh, to talc. No, no, it's a chocolate bit sip. of a corundum. Yeah, it's like a corundum when it when it uh, freezes. Well, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm starting to think that that kind of a substance might help us with the coin-operated machine over there. Can we make a coin out of the chocolate? <laughs> we must need a mold. Oh, mm, you would need a coin mold. You you try to just sort of make a circle by hand with this chocolate. It is. There's no way that you can get the dimensions right like that. Mm. It just doesn't Could work. Could I fashion a spear-like object to smash into the chain to get the key? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The the hardened chocolate is corundum, but um, what's what's the key chain? Uh, I mean, I assume it's probably steel. Steel. Oh, yeah. It's oh, probably whatever steel. that is, steel. Can I? Can we put the chocolate around the key and make a mold? <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. But... And we'll put other chocolate in the mold. Yeah. You try, you try, you pick up some of the chocolate, and you try to race over to the table, but by the time you've gotten there, it's all hardened already. So you, you just try point. to smash it against the key, and it just starts shattering around it. Cool. Okay. Let me think here. Have we have we checked out everything? Is there anything else? I believe else that we've you missed? have now checked everything, and it's just up to okay. you to figure out what seems the most suspicious. Okay. Yeah, well, there's this green, red, and white lollipop dealio. Clearly suspicious. 
That's sus. Um, green, white, and red. We might also have red, white, and green. Or white, red, and green. It could be yeah. any order. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> <laughs> can I Can I try to smash one of the lollipops, see if there's anything inside? <laughs> You get ready. I'm to... that person in an escape room. Can I break it? Is there something in it? You get ready to do it, but even though she's trying not to look too pointedly at you, you see a bit of a doleful look in Sarah's eyes. Okay, she doesn't want you smashing her merchandise. Okay. Can I eat the merchandise? Oh, it's too big to eat, right? That's the whole thing. Yeah, you would... could start now. It'll take you a week to get to the yeah. center. Right. So if the ticket is hidden inside one of those, you're a little bit screwed. Right. Anything else about the sign on the door? Um, is it is it just you, just thick cardboard on one side? Okay. Oh, you can flip it, but it just says closed on one side and open six to five on the other. Six to five. That might be important. Who knows? Anything else about Sarah? She's just kind of ignoring us, right? Like Still she... humming her little tune. Yeah. How about you, Brad? Any any ideas? Well, there are sixes and fives in the prices of the chocolates on the wall. Can we draw a line from six to five? I have no idea. <laughs> That's like reaching. Well, there are a lot of sixes and yeah, fives what kind in of, there. What kind of idiot would make a puzzle where you just draw a line from one thing to another, Amanda? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine such a silly puzzle. Used even once, let alone many times in a row. Yeah. You are somehow throwing shade at every individual person (laughs) right now. Anyone who has ever created an escape room. No! This is efficiency. I'm being efficient. Um, Okay, so uh, I'm looking at action items. It seems like we've got a key, we've got a keyhole, and we've got a four-digit combination lock, and we need to come up with a coin somehow. We need to to call a minter or a treasurer of some sort and and get a coin. We need to get that key off the chain. Can I examine the... Is the chain look like... Impenetrable. Oh, okay. The mightiest chain. Can I drag the cabinet over to the key? Now we're thinking. (laughs) Unfortunately, your lifetime diet of chocolate and jelly sweets has left you with upsettingly little muscle mass. Oh, that's that's too true, actually. <laughs> too true. Well, blow. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I go too far? <laughs> and your character is the same. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to just throw out the uh, possibility of dragging the counter over to the cabinet as well. <laughs> I imagine the counter is bolted to the floor. I think. That's how counters often work. I don't even know. Oh, like what's the floor bolted in to? The floor. <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking like a puzzle solver. <laughs> Key, chain, and then there's this drawing of fancy chocolates. Key, chain, drawing of fancy chocolates. Pick the right one. Six Just to five. Me... Six twenty-five. God. Um. <laughs> Is that the right one? (laughs) Can I point at it emphatically and ask (laughs) Candyman if it's $6.25? That's the one I want. Sarah looks at you and she goes, "Mm -mm." and uh, goes back to her song. I was so happy with my thought. Okay, it's also, I don't think red, white, and green would have anything to do with this. I have a devilish idea (laughs) that maybe we're meant to be paying special attention to the numbers between six and five on the wall. I just happen to have noticed that there are four of them. Oh! See, this is why you design the puzzles, because you're (laughs) the smart one. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I just noticed that between six and two, we have. It depends if we go top so we to have, bottom or left to right. Right. So on the top row, we have a two in the middle of six and five. And then the second 
row in the middle is a zero, zero. between the six and the five. Um, the one below that is a devilish red herring. The one to its right, though, <laughs> has a nine between the six and the five. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and then a six in the bottom left. Okay. Uh, can we try out 6096 in the four-digit lock? 6096? I think 2096. Whatever, it's a number. <laughs> we just put the right code. equally valid. I don't know. <laughs> just jiggle it a little. I just want more chocolate, that's all. You put in 2096. The combination works. The cabinet door opens up for you. You now have jelly lollies. <laughs> jelly sweets. Jelly, jelly sweets. sweets. <laughs> jelly sweets. There is a packet of every shape you've ever enjoyed. Jelly bears, jelly babies, jelly cubes, jelly snakes, jelly unicorns, jelly swords, jelly rings. You will totally buy all of them if you find the hidden ticket as a celebration. Okay, these don't actually, I don't think, exist in Canada, so I had to look them up real quick. I, they're, they're gummies what? things. Yeah. Gummies. Yeah, these are gummies. 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 Uh, no. These are and jelly gummies. They're, they're like, yeah, they're like a gelatin-based Oh, yeah, they candy. are very similar. Yeah, okay. for, for us, yeah. they're definitely slightly different from your standard gummy products. I think they look slightly up. different. They look shinier. They're just gummies. That's funny. I would have thought that they were less shiny than gummies. Oh, maybe it was... Oh, there's this, like... Do jelly babies? Yeah, yeah. They're like oh, that. jelly babies, but in different oh, shapes. Oh, no, I found, I found the actual picture. The one I found was, like, a do-it-yourself kind of thing, and they're weird <laughs> and shiny. Can I grab some red, white, and green jelly lollies? They jelly don't sweets? typically, they, you would probably find red and green ones, presumably. They don't typically come in white. Oh, okay. Do I find myself interested in the shapes of these uh, jelly sweets? These yeah. uh, scrumptious sweet meats. Absolutely. So, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> sweet meat sounds like one of those things that is going to be. It's like, sweet it's, it's like sweet bread. Sweet meat is just meat, intestines. I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Billy, this could be another one because I just gave my haphazard list. Oh, I you could, could, I could copy, you could copy that paste list. that haphazard list. I definitely could. Sweet. Um, uh, yeah, so jelly bears, jelly babies, jelly cubes, jelly snakes, jelly unicorns, jelly swords, jelly rings. No jelly coins, huh? Dang. Jelly, no no jelly look. coins. <laughs> no no jelly jellical coins. cats. No je- <laughs> <laughs> Every shape. Jelly now, why were you thinking jelly. about these shapes, Brad? Uh, well, now it comes back to me that jelly snakes might wriggle through the dew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who can make the loud cries? Um, Babies. They don't they sure stop. Can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was said with the vitriol of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I have many nieces. Um, they're lovely. I- uh, <laughs> you, you dropped a hint earlier about how the last part of the riddle might, in fact, just be one question. And it seems that a, a circle, a ring even, can represent a zero and bring, and bring together two, two together because in of holy love. matrimony. Yeah. <laughs> can, oh, can I. Okay. Take- I guess we run up to Sarah and we yell, uh, baby is- snake ring. <laughs> Baby snake ring! Baby snake ring, sir! Baby snake ring! (laughs) You present your ideas to Sarah. She immediately stops humming. And her eyes sparkle. And she cannot hide a little grin. Thank you for that, she says. I've been trying to get answers to those questions for ages. You know what? You deserve a little reward. And she reaches into her pocket and she hands you a single coin. You take a look at it, and it is very much an antique coin. I'm going to run over. I want a prize. Prize, please. (laughs) Yeah, why not? You're not going to use this coin for anything else. You put the coin in the machine slot. You spin the lever, and the coin disappears. There's a little pop sound as one of the colorful plastic balls drops from the main container into the receiver slot. You take it out. You open it, and you find a big purple gumball. Oh, okay. That's normal enough. Do you want to eat the gumball, Brad, or do I? I think we could do it together. 
Mm, okay. we, share we, have same, we have the same mouth. We share the game. It's a gumball. Yeah, same mouth. Let's just pop that gumball in the mouth. I am so hungry okay. for lunch. Yeah, all right. Here goes nothing. You try not to think about how old this gumball might be. You put it in your mouth. As old things often do, the outer shell cracks and it dissolves instantly. You hope the gum doesn't do the same. You've had old gum before and it just falls apart and it's horrifying. Thank God this gum stays super chewy, super sticky, super pliable, and there's quite a lot of it. Like your, your mouth gets exhausted quite quickly from chewing this. And the shop is so cold that like the chocolate, when you stop chewing, the gum stiffens up quite quickly. And so you then have to work your teeth even harder to get it chewy and supple again. So we've got... Gu- <gasps> oh, wait, no. I've, yes? I've thought it too. You I've have to. If you give a gasp like that, you have to share it. <laughs> I, okay, you go first, Brad. Okay. Um, the gum seems to be the ideal key mold. Yes! And, and my mind returns <laughs> to, the, to the chocolate. <laughs> The mold! <laughs> By the way, if we're wrong about this, this will be very gross gum to put back in our mouth after making the key mold. <laughs> Make the key, and then we put the melted chocolate in it, and then we bring the chocolate, melted chocolate in the gross gum mold into the cold, and then we get a key! <laughs> and then you smash the mold, because it's cold, and then we're left with a chocolate key, and then I eat it, because I'm done now. No, uh... <laughs> all right so first step of your plan what was it (laughs) bring 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 our temperate chewy gum to make a mold around the key all right it's pretty gross but you pull the hunk of gum out from between your teeth and you splat it down on top of the key you spread it over the whole thing there's just enough you can almost see as the cold air hits the little bits of saliva that are all over it. It's horrible. It's settling. It's stiffening. You give Sarah an apologetic glance. She's trying her best not to look. You carefully peel the gum off the key without messing up the shape, and you have a perfect key-shaped indent. Oh, all right. Off to the foundry? Off to the foundry. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna run over to the gross chocolate melty mm-hmm. cabinet and collect some of that ooey gooey goodness into our chewy gooey mold. Your gum mold is still holding firm. You block your body with the sun with your body so that it doesn't get extra melty. You scoop up some of the melted chocolate, pour it into your key mold. It settles into the shape nicely, and then you take a few steps away from the cabinet, away from the sunlight. Yeah, and you wait, and it's only a matter of minutes before the chocolate completely hardens, and the gum can be lightly peeled away from it. Yes, you have a very brown key. And now you reach for the gummy anvil, and you put it down. <laughs> <laughs> but you we have, have a chocolate key. Plenty of gummy swords to defend ourselves with, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we put it in the keyhole? Is it too warm over there? You use your body to block the sun. Do You move the key, just making sure that you don't get anywhere near that sunbeam. Key gets into the keyhole. It fits. And somehow you manage to turn it without it breaking. Cabinet door swings open for you. You shake your head. This was ridiculous. But you take a look at what's inside. You ignore the seeping chocolate pooling at the bottom, and you look at the other rows and rows of brightly packaged bars. These off-brands, they are really off-brand. They have some weird names. And you're going to get an image of these. Can I eat the key since the cabinet's open now? Oh, 100%. Oh, amazing. Again, you realise too late, this is still floor chocolate. (laughs) Uh, and yes, for people at home, again, you can see this image in the uh, show notes. But uh, Amanda, would you like to have a go now at describing oh. what you see to the audience at home? I see three columns and five rows of weird chocolate bars. They are each, I'm, I would say, tricolored, maybe even quin- 
quintuple colored. I don't know <laughs> if that's the right word I'm supposed to use. Uh, but, uh, and they have weird, and they have various words on them like go and bin and fur. Uh, so I'm guessing they look an awful lot like, you know, there's definitely a green, white, and red chocolate bar in there. So maybe we just need to pay attention to those ones. Oh, the lollipops are giving us a hint. Yeah. Mm. So we have fur stand ninth in ad. Mm. But I think those are the only ones. Ninth in stand ad fur. First stand ninth in that. Like, I'm like, is it one of those like, what is it called when you just slur the words together and it's actually another sentence entirely? It's called being drunk. Ah, uh, that's it. <laughs> yes, thank you. I did not prepare for that tonight. Um. So I said I was thinking, and I don't know. Maybe Brad has my dis too. Uh, that the lollipops give a clue the the coloring of the lollipops give a clue as to which candy bars to pay attention to and i have green white and red written here so i looked at the and i thought maybe first first and ninth in oh yeah if we if we kind of say them together so the first one is fur and the second one is stand, but if you like kind of say it all together, it could be first and. Um, first and ninth. First and ninth. In. First and ninth in add. Are we adding yeah. two prices together on the chocolate bars? Yeah. Maybe we go back to the chocolate bar stand here. Yeah, a little difficult the way they're arranged to tell what would be. Like the first what and would the be ninth. next, yeah. <laughs> mm, that can't be it, I guess. Oh, okay. first and ninth in the ad. In the ad uh, on the counter. Okay. Let's take a look at that ad again. What does it say? Open the right, right? That's what it says? That's the one. Okay. So is it the first word? Open. One, two, open the right three, bar and Matthew Martin six, will open his factory to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Because the first word and the ninth word are both open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you go up to Sarah again and command, open, open. Open, open. <laughs> um. <laughs> I conjure you. <laughs> well, you never know. I did say sometimes the stupid solutions were the correct ones. <laughs> Sarah puffs away in a pile of smoke and says you have set me free young heroes <laughs> um, the first and ninth letters seem to be O and I so we could just yell oi 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 open open <laughs> oi Sarah open and it, and it ends where we should have begun <laughs> yelling oi open open at her that was indeed how you start. That's how you arrived at this candy shop. <laughs> Is it the sign, maybe? I don't know. No, we've already used the sign, kind of. That's okay. I gave no such restrictions on only using things once. That's true. None of this one and done nonsense. Stuff can be two things. One of my favorite things to have in some of these rooms is to just have an object that you find at the start and that's useful like that three separate times in three different ways. Mm. Yeah. So we have the sign which says open on it. Should we that's put true. it to open? It is currently on, like flipped to open, this cardboard sign. Okay, it is currently flipped to open. And then there's... And we are, I mean, we already used the information of six to five, but... Yeah, it kind of feels like you did just get open, open as your answer to that one. Mm. Can I just open up? Okay, everything in here is open that can be, right? Like we open the cabinets and... Yep. Okay. Can we I... haven't opened the register, but it might be threatening to ask her to do that. Uh, oh, you don't Oi. even know where the register is. Oi, Sarah, open, open the register. 
I don't think that's striking the tone that... we want to. I've molded here. a chocolate knife, and I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we open? Is it like maybe saying the number of bars to go in? Like the second bar. It's like two. First and ninth. Maybe that loops back around to these multicolored bars. Go go to, and that's incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> go to open. Go open. to open. Open. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I just got up and at them in my head. Uh, <laughs> up and at them. Open. Open. <laughs> open. Oh, can I push the word open? Does that open up? Is it a secret compartment? <laughs> the word, like, where, what word open are you talking about? Both of them. I'm going to impress both of them. <laughs> on the ad? On the ad. On the ad, nothing happens. It's just... On the... Oh! <laughs> okay, I got here. <laughs> on the ad, nothing happens. But... <laughs> I guess we take the cardboard sign and shake it, see if anything falls out. You take that cardboard sign off the door and you give it a little rattle and as it's in your hand like that, you notice, hang on, it's thick cardboard, yes, but it's only actually quite thick around the edges. As you put your hand in the middle of it and let it shake, you actually hear a little bit of airflow, I guess you could say. And you take a look and you feel it and you realize it's not one sheet of thick cardboard. It is two regular sort of thin bits of cardboard that have been stuck together at the edges. But there I'm is gonna, space on the inside. I'm gonna take my hands, I'm gonna pry with all my might to open you that sign. place your fingers above and below or to the sides of the word open and you open that open. <laughs> it comes apart easily because, you know, it's not actually that thick. In the middle, sign. in the middle make, of like, these, like a honk noise as I do it. Ah! Naturally, yeah. <laughs> there is no cardboard in the middle of these two cardboard sheets. In the middle, is something else, printed on glistening goldenrod paper. You grab for it and you read the first line, and it says, "Congratulations, you, the lucky finder of this goldenrod ticket, Sarah." races from behind the counter. She's done feigning indifference. She sweeps you up into a hug. She sobs her congratulations. She tells you she's so happy. If it couldn't be her, at least it's someone as clever as you. You've done it. You've got the ticket. Your boss is going to be so happy with you. Oh. Boss? What? No. Screw him. I'm going. <laughs> Amanda. We're going to do the right thing here. We're going to turn it into the authorities, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is an improperly found ticket. It must go back into circulation. 